Yo, it's the Southside's own Jonathan Hood. Weeknights on ESPN 1000 and the ESPN app. So Jeff Bentley chased and dropped the 15-yard line. Roquan, the chef, Smith. <laughs> Roquan Smith, he's the highlight show of this defense. In the ring, Steve-O's got him up. A slam. But Claire, he's not paid one, two. He did it, he did it. And there it goes. Abreu massacres this ball to left center field. The Hood with Jonathan Hood. Weeknights on ESPN 1000 and the ESPN app. First Midwest Bank Studios. It's the way banking is supposed to be. And live from Chicago, this is Under the Hood with Jonathan Hood on ESPN 1000 and the ESPN app. Open phone lines for you at 312-332-ESPN. 332-3776 is our telephone number. Follow me on Twitter, twitter.com, tweetjhood. Also on Instagram, igjhood. We will have Tales from the Hood coming up at the bottom of the hour. And in an hour from now, we also hear from Ryan Hollins, who covers the NBA for ESPN.com. Lost a bet to me, says that the Toronto Raptors, if they win the championship, you can have 10 free interviews on the house. We've already talked to him a lot last week for four times. He's got six more to go starting tonight right here on ESPN 1000 and the ESPN app. Um, We also want to take a look at what's going on with Petty Junction because we always look for the Petty. And so we have Petty Junction for you coming up at 9.35 here on ESPN 1000. Gotta, you know what? I got to remind you. I got tickets to give away if you want to go. I got three, four packs of tickets for Sunday, June 30th, the Camping World 400. NASCAR returns to the Chicagoland Speedway on June 27th to the 30th with four days of racing. Get your tickets and camping today, call 888-629-RACE or visit ChicagolandSpeedway.com. So we got tickets to give away in our 9 o'clock hour. So our way of saying thanks for listening to Under the Hood with Jonathan Hood here on ESPN 1000 and the ESPN app. Well, we've been waiting for it. And finally, it's here. It's finally here. I'm a college football fan. I like the NFL, but it's football. It's summer. It's football. So why not? The summer of football. The summer of football. We're just having fun and we working, baby. With Jonathan Hood. Come on, baby, let's get it. Let's go now. You fired the first shot. Let's go, man. Drive starts went deep in their own territory and it's picked off at the 25 yard line. Eddie Jackson and he'll go in for the touchdown. We're just having fun and we working, baby. Pressure now on Mahomes. He's in trouble. Now gets it away. Are you kidding? Barkley up the middle, cuts to the outside. Saquon Barkley across midfield. Stay- 
summer of football. Lawrence oh, flips it open. Justin Ross off and running. And Clemson strengthens its grip on this championship game. Williams in the game for the first time this year for Notre Dame. Takes the hand up and takes off. Let's be great, baby. Let's go. The summer of football. You got it. Work right here on ESPN 1000. I think we ain't done yet. And the ESPN app. My friends, it is the summer of football. Jonathan Hood on ESPN 1000 and the ESPN app. We are celebrating the great game of football. We've been waiting for it. Finally, it's here. Summer's here. Football's here. Summer of football every night. I'm giving you something. College give you something pro, give you something fantasy. We're celebrating the great game of football. Right around the corner, camps will open. And so we are first, as always, every year on top of it, talking about the great game of football right here on ESPN 1000. Our guest for our first installment of Summer of Football here for 2019 is Mike Clay, ESPN NFL analyst and fantasy football expert. He is with me, Jonathan Hood, on Under the Hood here on ESPN 1000. Mike, Jonathan Hood, thanks so much for your time. Yeah, good to be here. Thanks for having me on. Mike, what excites you most about the upcoming NFL season? Oh, man, there's there's so many interesting storylines at this point right now. I think uh, probably the most intriguing is what's going on out in Arizona, right? I mean, what what is Kyler Murray going to do as a, as a day-one starter in this new-look Cliff Kingsbury offense? I mean, can he change the game? Can he be a guy that's a super-efficient passer but also a guy that pushes for – you know, maybe six, seven, eight hundred rushing yards and maybe seven, eight rushing touchdowns. I mean, it's going to be intriguing. We saw Baker Mayfield kind of storm into the NFL last year, but that was mostly as a pocket passer. You have uh, Murray, who is similar in terms of efficiency uh, to Mayfield at Oklahoma, but again, just adds that element with his legs. Uh, just so many question marks out there, but man, I just can't wait to see them in action come week one. I know that's. Uh... On the Daily Wager, you're talking about the Chicago Bears as far as NFL player props. Anything stand out to you about what the Bears could look like this upcoming season? Yeah, I mean, uh, I, uh, I'm optimistic about, uh, optimistic about them uh, kind of repeating as a playoff team. I think they're the favorite to win the division, but I do think it's kind of wide open because the Packers got better. I think that's a, a sneaky defense there in Green Bay, not to mention potentially a bounce-back season for Aaron Rodgers and uh, you know Minnesota I think is about a 500 team Detroit probably a little underrated by the masses right now so it's a, it could be a, end up being a wide open division but I do think Chicago's elite defense keeps them as the favorite uh, the question mark really is Mitch Trubisky and I did talk about this a little bit today uh, on the Daily Wager as you mentioned you know how good is he you know it's, it's going to be his third year his second full season if you will obviously he missed some time with the injury last year but you know we saw him you know, start out putting up some big numbers, but the efficiency was a little shaky in terms of, of his accuracy. And then he gets hurt and comes back and, and kind of uh, just didn't go downfield at all, didn't rush as much. You know, he really was not as impactful. So it's a big year for him. And uh, if, if he takes another step forward, that's going to be huge for the Bears' chances of, again, repeating in that division, maybe even making a run at the Super Bowl. NFL analyst for ESPN, Mike Clay, on the summer of football with Jonathan Hood on ESPN 1000 and the ESPN app. From a skill position standpoint offensively, um, as you mentioned, looking at the Bears offensively, Mike, it was a lot of sleight of hand. There was a lot of razzle-dazzle. It was as if maybe the Bears looked at Trubisky and said maybe he's not necessarily ready to have the full complement of plays because, you know, in, in its essence, the ball's got to go down the field. and It was a lot of side-to-side. What do you think of the weapons that Trubisky is going to work with here this upcoming season? 
Well, I think his supporting cast is pretty decent. I mean, obviously, you have Tariq Cohen, who's the playmaker out of the backfield, and you had David Montgomery, who I was a big fan of coming into the league. He was one of my favorite prospects at the position, so I'm super excited to see him in that one spot, and I do think he'll earn that one spot because of his uh, his just tremendous efficiency and, and tackle-breaking and balance as a rusher. So I'm um, excited to see that backfield shake out. Obviously, you know, wide receiver's a little bit of a question mark. Will Allen Robinson bounce back, kind of take a step forward in terms of his his play after, you know, having a full season under his belt after that torrent ACL. Anthony Miller, will the second rounder take a step forward in his second season? Can they get anything out of Cordell Patterson or Riley Ridley? And then obviously Taylor Gabriel factors in. And then, of course, you have a full season here of Adam Shaheen to go with Trey Burton, a solid offensive line. I mean, the weapons around him are, are pretty darn good. It's just a matter of, again, will Trubisky take another step forward? Remember, you know, we, we kind of we should have and, and maybe did give him a little bit of a free pass in his first years because he had so little experience at North Carolina. So it's, it's not you know crazy to think that he could really take a huge step forward in his third season. We've seen that from other players. So, uh, you know, again, took a little step forward last season. Maybe he makes another one here in 2019. But they need it because that defense is ready to make a run at the Super Bowl. You're optimistic about the Packers. I still wonder about uh, the new coach in place and Matt LaFleur. I'm thinking if I'm LaFleur, I let – you know, Aaron Rodgers do what he does. I mean, you can only just enhance a little bit of what Aaron brings to the table because he's such a, a great pro. I'm just, uh, I'm wondering, what do you think of the of the Packers and their chances in the NFC North? Yeah, I like them a lot. I think they're, uh, you know, you, you can never really call an Aaron Rodgers-like team underrated, I don't think, but you know, as long as he's playing, they're going to be competitive most seasons. Uh, in fact, you know, Prior to last season, when when he's been healthy, they have been uh, you know a ten plus win team. It was kind of an odd year last year, but uh, obviously they make the coaching change. And what I really like about them is the defense. I mean, I, I don't think many realize that how how injury plagued they were last season, especially on the interior defensive line, a little bit in the secondary. But they have done a nice job revamping at key positions. Again, healthier up front. You had Preston Smith and Zadarius Smith uh, on the edge, as well as Rashawn Gary in the draft. Uh, and then you have, you know, Jair Alexander, who looks like a potential star. He missed a lot of time last year, hurt, but you have him in his second season, as well as Josh Jackson in a corner. And then they, they got an, they brought in Adrian Amos and Darnell Savage at safety. I mean, it's, uh, they, they made a lot of key changes at important positions. And I really think that defense can make a pretty big leap this season. All right, Mike, from a fantasy standpoint, from a gambling standpoint, this is all on you, okay? This is all on you. <laughs> about the Cleveland Browns. I just, before people, you know, put their wagers down about the Browns, there's been so much hype and a lot of conjecture about the Browns. What, do you, what, are your, what is your gut feeling about the Browns? Is it too much hype too early? No, I don't think so. And, and, you know, I think a lot of people think it's too hyped too early because they weren't ready for this last season, and you should have been. I mean, uh, I thought the Browns were going to be a 500 team last year, and sure enough, they went 7-9, and nine, and, and all you had to do was look at the roster. It wasn't that complicated. I mean, they were in pretty darn good shape at this point last season after the draft, after free agency, uh, at least enough to make a huge leap from the, the zero-win season the year before. So, you know, they took that step forward last season, and I think they can they can move ahead again this year. Baker Mayfield looks like a legitimate, uh, strong pocket quarterback. The offensive line gives me a little pause after they got rid of Zeitler. Obviously, uh, tackles a little bit of an issue there. But bringing in Beckham and having David Njoku in his third year and Landry there and, and obviously Chubb, Duke Johnson, you know they have a, a pretty good group of weapons there for Mayfield. And then the defense to add guys like 
Olivier Vernon. You have a second-year Denzel Ward there. You bring in Morgan Burnett. I mean, they have the pieces in place to at least be competitive on the defensive side of the ball. So, yes, I'm certainly buying the Browns hype. I think the demise of the Steelers has been overstated. I still think they're a playoff team, but I do think the Browns are the best team in the AFC North right now. The the L.A. Rams, uh, if you're the Rams, you want to catch lightning in a bottle, and unfortunately they fell short in a bowling shoe ugly Super Bowl. But I'm wondering uh, the staying power of the Rams – well, do, will opponents see them coming? Do you expect them to be able to get back uh, to the mountaintop anytime soon? No doubt about it. Uh, I'm a big fan of Sean McVay. I mean, you, you go back to even his last season in Washington and, and look at the scoring opportunities generated by that offense. I mean, he's done it not just two years in a row with the Rams, but three years in a row. Just an incredible ability to find ways to score points and, and get his team in the scoring position. And you know, with the Rams, with a quarterback and Jared Goff, who looked like a massive bust in his first season there with uh, Jeff Fisher. I mean, he just turned him around in a hurry. So uh, I've been super impressed with what he's done. Obviously, you know, you have some recency bias. You think about how he was shut down in the Super Bowl, but he wasn't really shut down before that. I mean, he, you know, they, they may have fallen off a little in the second half when Cooper Cup got hurt, but they were still scoring at, at, at a high rate. Had a huge game in the playoffs. Even Todd Gurley, a little beat up, had, a, had one big playoff game, and they made that run to the Super Bowl before you know the best that ever was. And Bill Belichick kind of shut him down. So this team's still pretty uh, good at key spots. You have Aaron Donald. You have a pretty good secondary, and, and they have plenty of weapons on the offensive side of the ball as well as one of the best offensive lines. So uh, you know, with McVay running the show, I do expect the Rams to be a powerhouse again this season. All right, Mike Clay, give me a team in the NFL that you're just you just think there's going to be be some underachievement, a team that you're looking at. It's like I'm just not sure about them, uh, them in 2019. Ah, oh, man. Uh, you know, I, I hate to bet against the MVP, but I think that the, the Chiefs worry me for sure. I mean, you, you look at the history of the NFL and Teams just aren't able to repeat what they did last season. Just that insane offensive efficiency and the the massive touchdown totals despite getting just lit up on the defensive side of the ball. And then you move on from your two edge rushers and D Ford and and Justin Houston who were responsible for over half of their sacks and fumbles, uh, forced fumbles last season. You know, I I know they bring in Frank Clark and made some other uh, additions as well, Matthew at at safety, but. You know, I, I still think the defense is a big problem, and if you factor in some regression to the mean offensively, which, again, you know, I, I did a piece about this over at ESPN, you know, it's, it's pretty much a loss that they're going to come down in terms of offensive scoring. You factor all that in, and, and I could see them dropping off by a few wins, maybe even behind the Chargers in that division, and dare I say, fighting for a wild card in the final weeks of the season. You heard it here first. Mike Clay has the Raiders 12-4. and four. Heard you very clear. That's what... <laughs> <laughs> nowhere close. Nowhere close on that. <laughs> Wait a minute. If the Chiefs are going to take a step backwards, you might. So you're looking at the Chargers more than likely winning the AFC West. That's where your money's going, right? Oh, yeah. I take the Chargers there. Uh, yeah, I think the Chiefs will be. They'll, they'll battle for the division. Don't get me wrong. You still have Andy Reid, still have Pat Mahomes. Uh, you know, I, I think they'll be in that mix, but I do think the Chargers are the better team right now. So you look at the Chiefs as a wild card competing with teams like Pittsburgh. And Houston, and you know maybe a sneaky team like the Jets could get into the wild card mix, but uh, yeah, it's, it's going to be interesting for sure. But I do think, again, I do think the Chargers are the favorite there in the West. Mike, uh, come on again with us. We appreciate you coming on with us here in Chicago. Sounds great. Let's do it again. It is Mike Clay who uh, covers the NFL for ESPN and ESPN.com. He was on Daily Wager today talking about the Chicago Bears, so it was interesting to have him on giving his insight on the Bears. I think he sees what we see with the Bears. 
think he sees the same thing. I think he sees that, you know, that it's all predicated on what Trubisky is or is not. Because if you believe in that defense, it's all about what the offense is going to do. It's what we talked about a lot here in the offseason. Summer of football, every single night at 8 o'clock when I'm here, right here on ESPN 1000, the ESPN app. Going to hear from Moon Mullen on the Bears in just a moment. I want to pass along to you something from Yahoo Sports. Cowboys Patriots fans are best in the NFL. Chiefs Los Angeles lagging in a study. So... From Emory University's School of Business, they have released its latest NFL fandom report ranking the relative fan strengths of the 32 NFL franchises. And once again, the Cowboys are leading the pack. Now, they've got their their formula how they do this. Uh, And so I'll go here and take a look at the list. Yes, the Cowboys rank number one in overall rank, number one in fan equity, number three in social equity, number two in road equity. Um, and so this is those are the four categories: overall rank, fan, social, and road equity. Number two, road equity, meaning that the Cowboys fans travel, so they're number one on this list. Patriots are number two on this list. The Eagles are third. The Giants are fourth. Fourth, seven. They're seventh in fan equity, tenth in social equity, three in road equity. Giants fans do they do travel. No matter how bad it is, because <laughs> they, I mean, I understand that that's the team in New York more so than the Jets, but they are very loyal, that Giants uh, fan base. The Steelers are fifth. The Packers are sixth on this list. The Packers are number eight in fan equity, number seven in social equity, and number 17 in road equity. Um, if you're a Packers fan, don't you want to get out of Green Bay and go travel? I mean, come on now. Especially if it's some warm weather climate, you know, what are we staying around in Wisconsin for? Get out and see, get it some sun, for God's sakes. Get off the benches, the, <laughs> the bleachers, you know. Get some place where you get, to, get some nice weather. Broncos are seventh on this list. And number eight, the Bears. The Bears are number eight overall, number four in fan equity, 14th in social equity, and 12th in road equity. Um, number nine, the 49ers, and the Saints are 10th. So that's your top ten. And the Bears... Because of their past, because of their great players, that keeps them in that top 10. It's really more about their past more so than their present. I think it's starting to emerge as their present uh, because of how good the team was. Anytime you have Khalil Mack, by the way, you have Khalil Mack on your team, that's going to definitely raise the level uh, for sure of uh, the franchise. So interesting. Check it out on Yahoo Sports. Oh, if you're just wondering, toward the bottom of this list. The Titans are 30th, the Chiefs are 31st, and the Rams are 32nd. The Rams are 32nd in overall rank, 32 in fan equity, 32 in social equity, and 22 in road equity. It's new. They moved from St. Louis to Los Angeles. It's going to take some time. What's more relevant in Los Put it on the poll at ESPN 1000. What's more relative in Los Angeles? What's more um, relevant? LeBron or the Rams? Seriously. Like like LeBron being in Los Angeles does not mean much to the common Laker fan. They still are holding on to Kobe. LeBron being there just feels like an, an aging veteran just finishing out his, his time. He does, he does not have the connection in Los Angeles. The Chiefs being 31st in this list is very surprising. Very surprising. Chiefs fans are strong. It's... 
it's really the draw in Kansas City. Uh, it's, it's no shot at the Royals, but, I mean, it's a Chiefs state. It's a Chiefs town. That's why I, I find that interesting. 29th in fan equity. Something wrong with that formula. 29th in social equity. 29th in road equity. I, I thought that was a little low. Very low, actually. They mean a lot to the uh, the middle of the country, Chiefs fans, and so I thought that it was a little low. Glad you're with me here on ESPN 1000, the ESPN app. It's time to turn to John Moon Mullen, who covers the Chicago Bears for uh, NBC Sports Chicago. Got a chance to talk to Moon about a number of things, including how will the Bears offense change without now former running back Jordan Howard? You know, Jonathan, I'm not sure how much it changes they just may have whatever they pick up a back who can get through the hole faster. And I thought Nagy's comment about uh, what he wants is a back who can make people miss, and that's what what Jordan didn't do. I mean, they, he was a two hundred and thirty pound hammer, and that was I did. I don't know about you, but I thought he looked slower last year than either of his first two years. You know, he wasn't getting away from tackles. He was getting hit more in the hole. I, I, you know, just. It just seemed inevitable. He wasn't out the fit, and he wasn't quick out of the backfield as a receiver, and that's obviously something Maggie wants. I like the signing of Aaron Lynch. It may not be a spectacular signing, Moon, but I think it's just a, a nice one-year deal, a, a guy that's gonna in a contract year that wants to prove himself with a very good defense. Yeah, and I think he, he fits. I, I really thought he was going to go to Denver with, uh, with Fangio, but... Yeah, I think it gives him some depth, not the healthiest depth. I mean, is, is there? He is always he's always on the injury report for something. But um, no, that's he, he flashed a few times last year. I think if he can get healthy, um, and I think the Bears are kind of due for that. Now, last year they thought as a team they had phenomenal help. I think they'll be lucky if they get that kind of help across the board. But Aaron Lynch is kind of due for a, a healthy season, so I think maybe he might give them that. Uh, when you look at the NFC North overall, Moon, uh, who's the closest to the Bears? Do you have a feeling for one team or another that could be close to what the Bears did last year? Oh, I mean, the Vikings for sure. And I, I would really – Kirk Cousins does not have a good record in, in, in important games. But that's a talented roster. Rick Spielman, you know, he was the Bears pro personnel guy for a while and they drafted well. That's a team with a good core, a really, really good core. You know, they were at 8-7-1 last year. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I think they probably weren't as good as, as as they seemed the year before. But they got a better quarterback. I think Cousins was probably due to break out a little bit. The, the reason I'm hesitant with the, the, the Lions are always the Lions. There's just something about you, Don't you agree? I mean, it's... Yeah. <laughs> Jim Schwartz there or somebody when he was there, they're going to screw up. And, and Matthew Stafford's he kind of, he's going to throw for 5,000 yards, but he's only going to play 16 games because they're not going to make the playoffs. And Green Bay, you know, with with Rodgers, it's a gimme to pick them and to like them. But is Matt LeFleur the coach? Is he going to connect with Rodgers? Is it all going to come together? And they can't keep losing people. You know, they, Jordy Nelson, fine. Well, you know, they can all of a sudden... Uh, Randall Cobb is gone. They're not the same team. And, you know, guys like Brady and Rodgers and Drew Brees can make average players good, but they can't make everybody always better and better and better. So, again, I think the Vikings have passed. The Packers right now are still looking up to me, looking up at the Vikings and the Bears. 
Moon, lastly, I just uh, just your gut feeling because you've been around this organization for a long time. Is it just me or does it seem like the Bears just based on what they've done from a personnel standpoint at a direction? It just seems like they have their blank together and it didn't seem like that before, right? It, it really didn't. I mean, I think the, the John Fox regime, I, I don't fault Fox so much. I think there, it was a bridge, a bridge situation. It was an, a, a veteran coach. Uh, the organization liked him because he was, he was, you know, had a turnaround record. Um, and it was kind of, that was a state of anybody but Tressman. <laughs> that was right. a coach there. Um, and I, I don't think they, he and Pace, Again, I want to point to the age difference, but, you know, a defensive coach, even though Ryan was a defensive end from Eastern Illinois, the connection just got frayed, more and more frayed, um, especially leading into that last year. You know, people kind of forget that uh, Fox didn't know until two hours before the draft exactly which quarterback he was, uh, pace was going to take. That tells you he was dead man walking at that point. So pulling the camera back to the big picture – that relationship wasn't good. They weren't, you know, they, they weren't moving in, in a good, a good cadence together. There's just something in the energy between uh, Nagy and Pace. Um, it just fits with the young team. There's, there's a chemistry. Now, I don't think they're going to win 12 games this year. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, the, the tougher schedule and, um, like I mentioned before, the injury thing was so good last year. I think it'll be. If they win double digits, it'll only be the second time in 30 years. I think since. Uh, yeah, they did in 05 and 06, but getting to 10 or 11 wins this year is going to be tough. But to your point, I think the whole is greater than the sum of the parts with those guys. And I think they, the players believe in them. Um, and that, that matters. I mean, it only matters how good the players really are. But if they think they're good, they, they're going to play well. And I think that's what I think that's what they've engendered. And I think, like, even Pace talking about the run, um, Maggie saying, you know, at least when the guys show up this year, they're going to know where they're supposed to go, literally and figuratively. So they won't, you know, I don't, obviously won't have to have the plays drawn up for him. Um, but no, I think there's a, there's a simpatico between those guys. It wasn't there um, with Fox and Maggie. It certainly wasn't there um, after one year between Phil Emery and, and Mark Tressman. It sure wasn't there between Emery and, and Lovey. And the last year of Jerry Angelo, we, we're going back, what, almost a decade yeah. since we can honestly say the coach and the, and the GM have been on the same real page. I can't wait for your column on Jordan Howard where you place him amongst the best running backs. It'll be a nice love letter to Jordan Howard as he leaves Chicago. A little Roland Harper action, a little Thomas Jones mentioned maybe, a little Neil Anderson. Mm-hmm. I, can't, I can't wait for that column. <laughs> well, it, it's coming. You just, just sit by your radio. Just tune into to NBCSportsChicago.com and uh, I'll take care, everybody. <laughs> I, can't wait. I can't wait to see where he falls in that list. I just gave you an idea. There's a thousand words for you, Moon. <laughs> yeah, what I'm other you. It's like, I, I'm a good thief. All, all good writers are good thieves. I always steal good ideas whenever I hear there, There's one. We'll get back to that. <laughs> Moon, thank you so much for joining me. All right, Jonathan. Anytime, buddy. I tried to show him. You're listening to my mans in them. Jay Hood. Yep. Jonathan Hood on ESPN 1000. I tried to show him. And the ESPN app. Yeah. Gone on you with the pick and roll. Younger flame here in sickle mode. Under the Hood with Jonathan Hood. Weeknights on ESPN 1000 and the ESPN app.
Under the Hood with Jonathan Hood on ESPN 1000 and the ESPN app. It is the Cubs and the Braves over at Wrigley Fields. Getting testy. Here's Jesse. <laughs> All right, Jay Hood. Things have calmed down. We'll get to that in a moment. Cubs up 2 nothing as Wilson Contreras has a home run and an RBI single in this game. Game is in the top of the fifth inning. His home run caused the benches to clear after he crossed uh, home plate. What happened was he looked back at catcher Tyler Flowers, said something to him after he hit the home run. Then as he hit first base, he pounded his chest and pointed at the Braves' dugout. Eventually he comes back, touches home plate. Him and Flowers have words. The benches cleared. No punches were thrown. Not sure what uh, the origin of that argument between him and Flowers was. Chris Bryant did get hit by a pitch up and in the inning before by Julian Tehran. So maybe it had something to do with that, you know, sort of responding to that hit-by-pitch with the home run to right field, his 16th, by the way. And again, he has the other RBI in this game, a single after Javi Baez singled and stole second base. So 2 nothing in the fifth here. By the way, John Lester pitching a masterpiece with the wind blowing out at 17 miles an hour. He's given up just two hits, one of them here in the fifth, but no walks, four strikeouts. He's been great so far as the Cubs are up 2 nothing, and it's about to be Two, no, it's still 2 nothing. Back All to right. Here. No play-by-play. <laughs> All right, Chip Carey. That's enough. All right. There he is, everybody. Jesse Rogers with the report. Also, the White Sox leading the, <laughs> White Sox leading the Red Sox 5-4. to four. That game is in the bottom of the seventh. Oh, the, a split against the Yankees for the White Sox. Uh, some damage against the Red Sox. It's going to be intriguing. What do you do? What do you do if you start winning as we get close to the deadline? <sighs> Reinsdorf chimes in. He goes, you'd be crazy if you think you could catch Cleveland three and a half games out. Time to raise the white flag. That's what happens. Time for Tales from the Hood. What do you got here? This is your car. My car? I said a 10-second car, not a 10-minute car. Pop the hood. Pop the hood? Pop the hood. Tales from the Hood with Jonathan Hood. On ESPN 1000 and the ESPN app. Here we go. Tales from the Hood is brought to you by Northwestern Football, Chicago's Big Ten team. The Wildcats return to Ryan Field this fall after a nine-win season to host Michigan State, Ohio State, Iowa, Purdue, and many more. Buy tickets now at nusports.com, nusports.com. Tales from the Hood, stories of sports, entertainment, and everything else in between, like this one. New York, Slurpees incoming. 7-Eleven begins delivery in public spaces. So craving a Slurpee but lacking the motivation to get off a park bench? No worries. 7-Eleven launched a delivery service Monday that will send a Slurpee or almost anything else carried by the chain to public places ranging from parks to beaches. The company told the Associated Press that more than 2,000 7-Eleven hotspots, including New York Central Park and Venice Beach in Los Angeles, will be activated Monday. Customers need to download 7-Eleven's 7Now app and select Show 7Now pins to find a hotspot close by. 7-Eleven believes it will eventually be able to deliver 200,000 hotspot locations, uh, according to the digital marketing officer. Domino's launched a similar service last season, delivering pizzas to more than over 200,000 public locations. Now, 
I thought at the beginning of all this, even with uh, Uber Eats and all that, that when it first came out, I thought, how lazy. You want McDonald's or Subway or you want some of these other fast food places delivered to you when you can go right there to those places? Until I tried it. <laughs> Until a brother couldn't get out because I was at home and had stuff to do. And I thought, you know, hotcakes would go good right now. After a long hangover, nothing wrong with a little hotcakes and sausage. Add an extra sausage. My, uh, for sorry. a white sock. Oh, go ahead, please. My uh, laziest Postmates. And it's interesting that it's this article because I actually Postmates 7-Eleven. And it's for a, ben- a pint of Ben & Jerry's because they always have the good Ben & Jerry's at 7-Eleven. I'm not lying. The, the 7-Eleven from my house is not three minutes away. I don't want to get off the couch. I get myself two pints of Ben & Jerry's usually. And they last me for the week. I do that maybe twice a month. It's really lazy. Like this whole Seven Eleven thing is not going to work for me because the nearest one, since I live in South Shore, that's going to be like uh, Southeast Side or Bridgeview. I'm not trying to have someone come from the fire game to bring me. <laughs> yeah. You're melted at Slurpee. You're separated <laughs> Slurpee. Those things are like Seven Elevens are not prevalent on you know in South where I live. They used to be. They, you know, they were as common as white hen, and those things mm-hmm. are, are shut down too. So, yep. so yeah, that's that's interesting. I'm not, I'm not hating on it because I can't say that. I can say I've actually tried something like this. I would not do it for Domino's, probably. Probably not. Probably not. I'll just order normal. I'll just Other order. pizza, yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. it's fine. Um, Grand Shoot Police, uh, and uh, not shoot, but it says Grand Shoot Police. Kangaroo reportedly seen hopping across Interstate 41, uh, walking a bridge. So a motorist driving Monday morning on Interstate 41 reported unusual sight. A kangaroo hopping across a walking bridge over a busy stretch of highway. The kangaroo was supposedly seen crossing the highway on the walking bridge uh, heading east from Fox City Stadium. A single caller... <laughs> How single is it? That that just was a single caller. Hello, I'm single and I saw a kangaroo. <laughs> I don't know why it says that. Like a, a single caller, a caller. <laughs> a single caller. Hello, I'm lonely, but that kangaroo looks hung. A single caller reported uh, the kangaroo sighting uh, before 7 a.m. But if officers had found a kangaroo, they would have tried to contain the animal. Then would have contacted zoos in the region uh, for help trapping, moving, and finding the animal's owner. So the weird part of this story is, is that town is in what state? It is in Wisconsin, Appleton, Wisconsin. There we go. So why the hell are there just loose kangaroos in Wisconsin? The young kangaroo in November named Lulu escaped from the home in <laughs> in in Shawnano County and was killed by a pickup truck. So this no. actually has happened. Um, this was in November in Northeast Ohio. So they, they are around somewhere. Apparently. Not just in the outback. From Canada? I, don't, I wouldn't think so. Are there are there kangaroos no, in No, they normally live in warm areas. Well, right. They said normally, so <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> That's, I don't know why a kangaroo would be around. <laughs> I don't want a kangaroo as a pet either. It's not like I had a kangaroo pet. They're supposed to be pretty mean. Thinking about like Wisconsin, Minnesota, Iowa, Illinois, Indiana. 
I'm not sure why there would be nope. a kangaroo around. Doesn't make sense. Unless it came out of like a, you know, escape from a zoo someplace. Got a couple more for you. Oh, jeez. I can't do this one, man. That one's tough. Yeah, I can't do this one. <laughs> Retired priest talking about uh, something I can't. I don't want to talk about this one. A second career. We'll leave it at that. <laughs> Just, I mean, I really should, but I'm not going to do this story. I'm going to pass on this one. Maybe if I feel like it tomorrow, I might point it out. I'm not going to do the retired priest landing a mind-blowing career. We'll just put it that way. <laughs> Jeez. Ex-husband of... Maybe Waddle did it early. I don't know. Ex, a Ex-husband of missing Connecticut mother claims disappearance was staged like Gone Girl. Oh, my God. Since her disappearance on May 24th, Connecticut police have worked diligently to try and locate... Jennifer Dulos, a mother of five. Uh, however, her strange husband has revealed that he is a little bit more suspicious of the situation than the authorities. See, Dulos and her ex-husband, Fotis Dulos, F-O-T-I-S, Fotis Dulos. <laughs> Fotis Dulos. No relation to POTUS. No. No. Fotis Dulos. Oh, my gosh. A taste for gyros now. Um, <laughs> and Michelle Traconis uh, were originally arrested in June when police discovered possible evidence uh, tampering and attempts to hinder prosecution. The arrests stem from surveillance footage found of a pair of um, discarded items that were found to have Jennifer's blood on it. Since their, since their arrests, the pair pleaded not guilty to the charges and have been out of jail on bail. Police also began focus searching on Jennifer around properties that Dulos oversees. He's a real estate developer. So Dulos and his attorney are now claiming that Jennifer may have staged her own disappearance. The fiction thriller Gone Girl by the Jillian, I believe it was Jillian Flynn, the author of that book Gone Girl. It was about a mystery around a woman who stages her own disappearance in an attempt to frame her husband for her murder as revenge for wronging her. Wow. I don't know. I saw that movie. Oh, really? It's suspenseful. It's really good. Yeah. It's really good. I definitely suggest watching it. And it's terrifying. If someone's doing this in real life, she's certifiably insane. You could just leave. Why do you have to do all that? (laughs) Yep. Why why go put yourself through that? I mean, so I'm going to stage my own death just to get back at him. But what about the kids? No one's ever thinking about the children. There's five kids in this story that I just read. One of Ben Affleck's best acting roles. I don't know if I've seen this before. Yeah. That's a shame. Crazy. And also, there's a story about a, uh, a mother arrested for abandoning a son in McDonald's to go gamble. In Peoria. He, he drives me crazy. <laughs> Mom <laughs> leaves child in Peoria McDonald's. Stacy Rupp of 30, 34 of Phoenix dropped off her nine-year-old son at McDonald's in Peoria on Wednesday evening at 8.30, then hit the Desert Diamond Casino located one mile away. An employee observed that this, uh, the supervisor dirty and disheveled, that's how the boy looked, and called the police. Stacy Rupp initially told police that she was going dro- grocery shopping at the nearby Fry's, but she couldn't provide proof. Oh, you went shopping? Where's your receipt? Where's your Fry's receipt? There's no receipt. Wait, you do, where's your groceries? Oh, uh, I dropped them on the way out. Clown. Yep. Put her under the jail. Under it. I love that line. Just put her under the She's the worst. And that, my friends, is Tales from the Hood. That's how we do it. 
right here on ESPN 1000 and the ESPN app. So let me go back, Eric. Let's go back to the stories. So we had McDonald's. We had the odd kangaroo in Appleton, Wisconsin that was found. There's Slurpees. And I believe that's, I think that's all the stories I had, right? Uh, gone Girl. And the Connecticut- okay, and then the Gone Girl. Correct. Yeah. So what was your favorite story out of those stories? Tell us uh, by being caller 2. It's a regular line. 312-332-ESPN. 332-3776 our phone number. What was your favorite story out of the stories we just gave for Tales from the Hood? If you could tell us the story that you liked the most, we'll hook you up with a four-pack of tickets for the Camping World 400. NASCAR returns to the Chicagoland Speedway June 27th to the 30th with four days of racing. You can go to ChicagolandSpeedway.com for tickets, but I got tickets for you right now. Caller 2, regular line, 312-332-ESPN, 332-3776. The story that you enjoyed the most in Tales from the Hood, you tell us what the story was, and we'll hook you up with tickets. Our way of saying thanks for listening to Under the Hood weeknights at 7. Jonathan Hood. ESPN 1000. Under the Hood with Jonathan Hood. Weeknights on ESPN 1000 and the ESPN app. Oh, the chosen fuse right around the corner. Chris from Villa Park won the first four-pack of tickets to the Camping World 400. We'll have another... Four pack of tickets to give away as we move forward here on Under the Hood with Jonathan Hood. Still to come, Ryan Hollins on NBA free agency. Also, we find the pettiest of the sports weekend, but right after Sports Center, the Bulls introduced their rookies. Interesting. Some thoughts from John Paxson, some thoughts from Jim Boylan, and more. Don't forget to download the Under the Hood podcast wherever you find the Under the Hood podcast, whatever, whether it's Stitcher, Spotify, SoundCloud. Apple Music, wherever you download your podcast, look for Under the Hood with Jonathan Hood. All the podcast information you need is right there on UTH. Jonathan Hood. Photoshoot fresh, looking like wealth. I'm about to call a paparazzi on myself. Uh. On ESPN 1000.